Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. All right, here we go, folks. Time for Doug, who's on the road, and he's ready to join us via location. He'll tell you where he is in just a moment with another edition of The Organic Gardener. If you want to get a question in for Doug, I highly urge you to call now at 866-391-1020. Tenth caller wins a gift certificate to Sorgles in Wexford, 412-922-1020. We'll be talking trees with Davy Trees in just a bit. So, uh, Mr. Oster, where in the world are you today? Good morning. It, it, it is the last day of fishing camp, and I am sitting... On the lake, believe it or not, I posted in my on my Facebook page yesterday that I was going to do the show from the lake, and so here we are. If you hear frogs singing and and birds tweeting, you'll know why. Uh, lots to talk about today. Luke Warner from Davy Tree will be on a little later on today after the seven thirty news break. He's talking about proper watering and mulching techniques. You know, I have a bunch of volcano mulch warriors that listen to the show and they've been uh, reaching out to people when they see that volcano mulch and trying to explain to them that that is not the right way to mulch your trees so we'll talk a little bit with uh, luke about that and next year's uh chelsea flower show gardens of england and holland next may is already close to selling out we're trying to figure out a way to add more seats if you are interested in coming with me to that trip, uh, just go to DougOster.com, take a look at the stuff, and I would uh, urge you to, to, to sign up quickly because, as I said, we're almost almost sold out. Hoping to take some calls here uh, during the first break, and I'm sorry, during the first segment. And I want to talk a little bit about garlic because I've been getting lots of questions about garlic. So what happens with hardneck types of garlic? They send up something called a scape. It's S. C-A-P-E, and it is the seed head, and what we want to do is we want to remove that seed head because then it will be the same for onions, too. It allows that plant to focus all its energy on making big bulbs, and for garlic, that's important, and garlic scapes are just wonderful. If you're not growing garlic, get out to the farmer's markets and get some garlic scapes because they are just great. Uh, There's a couple different ways that I use them. Sometimes I'll just put them in a a big bowl with a little bit of good olive oil, a little sea salt, mix it up, let it sit for an hour, and then do them on the grill, roast them in the oven. Uh, But my favorite way is to make pesto out of them, and I talk about it all the time. And there's no recipe. It's just cutting those scapes up, throwing them into a a food processor with some olive oil, hard cheese, and I use hazelnuts, but you could use pine nuts or walnuts or any kind of nuts you liked. And just mixing it all together, and, and that'll be the first thing I'll do when I get back home is uh, I've got my escapes all cut and in the fridge, and we'll be doing that. I did have a lot of questions, too, about slugs. Uh, 
you know, this is the this is the time of the year. Uh, early in the season, gets warm, gets humid. We get some rain, thunderstorms, and slugs are everywhere. The organic control that I like, and there's a bunch of different ones, but I'll, I'll talk about the the first one. is called Sluggo, uh, and you can find it at, at your, any of our uh, sponsors. And it's just a, a a pellet, only it's a safe pellet. It's it's made with iron, and so it overdoses the the slug on iron. And when the pellet's not used, it just kind of fades away. And the iron the plants love the iron. The other thing that you can use, uh, and it's it's got a long name. It's called diatomaceous earth, and it's a powder that on the microscopic level it is very sharp and so even though it's organic we when we apply that we wear a mask so it doesn't get up into our uh, nasal passages and such like that and we just sprinkle that on there when the slug crawls over it that sharpness kind of pierces them and they kind of just dry out Uh, so uh, slugs also will not uh, cross copper and so some people like hostas are their their favorite food uh, and so a lot of people just run a little copper wire in between their hostas, and there's a, a, a natural electric charge on that copper wire that the 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 when the slug comes up to it, it'll touch it and will not cross it. And so there's a couple things for slugs. Been a good start to the season, though, I think. Uh, everything was growing good. Uh, so far, I've been able to keep the rabbits out of the garden. We'll see how, how long that lasts. It's always a, a battle, especially early in the season, because... And no matter what chicken wire I seem to put around my picket fence, stapling it on there, there always seems to be a little baby bunny that can get through there. Uh, any callers yet, Rob? Yes, we do. Let's say hello to Sam. He joins us now on KDK. Hi, Sam. Yeah, last week I got cut off just when you were about to tell me about the product for getting rid of the strawberries in my front lawn. Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, there's this. Uh, it's an organic herbicide. It's from a company called Natria, and again, it uses a, a type of iron to overdose broadleaf plants, not just weeds, plants. So you got to be careful. You know, when you're applying it around something else that has big leaves, you, you, it's going to affect that the same way it does the strawberries. But if you, when strawberries are in the lawn, this product will not affect the grass. It only affects the broadleaf plants like a dandelion or clover, that sort of thing. And so, yeah, if you've got those wild strawberries, uh, that would be the best thing to use. Anybody else, Rob? No, we're going to take a break, though. When we come back, we hope to have more callers at 866-391-1020. But tell them what you and Luke are going to be talking about after the news at 730, Doug. You know, uh, even though we've had a lot of rain, uh, we're going to talk about watering trees and the right way to do it. Because especially for us that that planted some trees early in the spring, you just want to make sure they, they have the the water they need, and he's going to tell us how to tell if that tree has the water it needs. And we need to water those trees if we don't get good rain in the summer all year long and until things until the ground freezes, just to make sure that that plant is, is well-established and on its way. And then we'll also talk about mulching. And, you know, as I said at the top of the show, oh, that volcano mulching, I see it everywhere, and it drives us nuts. And I know Luke will have a lot to say about that. So... We're going we're gonna to have some fun talking about that. All right. Coming up at the bottom of the hour, of course, uh, we'll have Rob back with the news, Rob Taylor, and then Doug and Luke will get it going, Davy Tree Talking Tree. But let me remind you, if you have a question and you want to talk gardening right now with Doug, we have all of our lines available, 
at 866-391-1020. Next hour, spring to summer produce, blueberries, strawberries, raspberries, watermelons, honeydew melons. It's those ears of corn. We're going to be joined by John Clemens, produce manager of uh, Coons Market as well. Uh, 9 o'clock, it's Heffron Tillett's and Your Money and You, then the Coons Market Black and Gold Sunday Show, 11 a.m. on Odyssey 100.1 FM AM 1020. KDKA. Very short break. We'll come back on the other side. Quick look at sports and then to your phone calls at 866-391-1020. It's DougOster.com. It's the Organic Gardener on KDKA. Yeah, he is. And here's Jim in Baden up next on KDKA. Hey, Jim. Good morning. Hey, good morning. I got some wild ramps given to me, about 20 20 of them. I planted them uh, and the leaves have all dropped off the plants. They've been in the ground now for at least a month. The leaves dropped off. I don't think it was slugs. And I have this one straight stem standing straight up. It looks like a bulb on it. Uh, is there anything that I should or could do to make sure that these guys uh, uh, come back next spring? Well, ramps in general are pretty tough. So that's a good thing. And it's a little early for them to disappear, but it does happen. And I would just make sure that they've got the water that they need uh, if we don't get rain. And that's really just the, the best you can do. What was the soil like? Was it decent soil? Uh, I uh, mixed a, ba- a bag of the new pit moss that you that, get, that comes from Ambridge okay. in with that soil where I planted them. Well, that's that's good then. I think you'll be okay. Uh, as I said, ramps are, are very resilient, and keep an eye on them. If we do get will a that, of drought. Will that seed pod on the end of that, should I do anything with that or just let it drop off naturally? Or I would let it do its thing, to tell you the truth. You know, in the case of ramps, we're not looking for a big bulb, so we don't need to remove it. And who knows, maybe those seeds will fall off there and a few more will sprout so i'd leave it as is and if we get a period of drought in july and august make sure that that area is watered and i think you'll be good to go okay all right 866-391-1020 if you want to talk to doug denise bridgeville you're up next on kdk good morning good morning good morning doug i have purchased a i've purchased a sea holly plant several times uh from a big company and i've been unsuccessful every year this year, my plant that I purchased again looked great. It was doing really well. And now suddenly the leaves are turning yellow. It's been getting ample water. Do you have any suggestions? So uh, where do you have it sited? Where is it growing? It uh, gets partial sun. Okay. And is there a chance it's getting too much water? I mean, are, you're not, are yeah. you watering it or is we're just letting the rain do it? No, I've been watering it. Okay. Uh, how often? Oh, just about every day. Uh, I I would I would get push your finger down into that soil and see where we're at. If it's really soaky and and really wet and kind of mucky, I might uh, lay off the watering for a little bit. Uh, other than that, what's the quality of the soil? Is it is it decent dirt? Well, it's actually a new garden bed that I've been augmenting with um, manure, and I have put some uh, low nitrogen 
fertilizer around the, okay. uh, the whole bed area and it's worked that into the soil as well. And the manure is old, not fresh? Yeah, it's old. Okay. Oh, well, that all sounds perfect, actually. Uh, that's not an easy plant to grow, though. And so that's, that's what I've been learning. As, as you found out, uh, you know, we all have our Achilles heel. For me, it's, it's big onions. I can grow bunching onions, but I just I have the worst time trying to grow big onions, no matter what I do, amending the soil. But I, I, you know, from, what, from your description, the only thing I can really think of may be a little bit too much water. And so okay. I would think about backing off because everything else, the soil sounds good. Uh, you know, the low nitrogen fertilizer sounds good. Uh, so let, let's see how it does with a little less water, okay? All right. Thank you for your help today. All right. So thank you. what is uh, on tap coming up with uh, Davy Tree Talking Tree? Oh, we're talking all about, well, what we just talked about there, we're talking about watering and mulching. It, it, it's going to be, uh, you know, how do you know if your tree has enough water and how much water do you put on a big tree? That's what Luke's going to tell us, and uh, I'm looking forward to talking to him. All right, Father's Day gift ideas. It's a week early, but why not think ahead? Well, I'm glad you brought that up, Rob, because I was, <laughs> you know, I'm at my last day of fishing camp, and I was talking to uh people here and i was like what, what what kind of gardening stuff would you guys like for father's day and believe it or not compost was <laughs> maybe they just knew that that's the answer i wanted but if you're gonna if you're gonna gift compost you've got to help move it that's the thing but mother's day or father's day uh you know even if it's just a bag of compost it doesn't have to be you don't have to show up with a truckload of compost but but something to help the garden and then also, of course, uh, you know, you can buy a really nice-looking container already planted and, and ready to go. And bigger is better. We always talk about containers because uh, they need less watering, less maintenance. And Dad would love that. Uh, you know, even if it was, even if it was a, uh, a giant tomato plant would be a great gift, too. Uh, just something easy. And I, as any plant that you're going to give Dad or any compost or anything you're going to give him, you got to help plant it you got to help with the work that's that's part of it rob all right uh, talk about your trips you got some trips coming up this year and next right yeah um chelsea flower show this is the third time i visited the chelsea flower show and it is it is the super bowl of gardening but it's going to be chelsea flower show then we're going to see gardens of england including q uh, which is an amazing garden and then one called sissing hurst uh, which has this uh, famous white garden. Uh, I've been there before. It, it's actually stunning. And then we're going to Holland and the same trip to see this. Every, every 10 years, there's this thing called Floriad, and it's 143 acres. The town is just basically made for this every decade celebration of gardening. But as I said, it's already, even though it's next May, it's already getting close to selling out. And, you know, make sure the trip is right for you. I'm not trying to push you into this trip. I'm just trying to tell people that, hey, you know, people are ready to travel, and they're thinking, they're looking at next year. They're like, oh, we'll be out of this. It'll be good. Uh, let's go. And because Chelsea Flower Show especially and that Floriad only happening every 10 years is kind of a bucket list thing for many gardeners, lots of people are signing up. But as I said, you know, there's a good possibility. My travel guy, we're trying to figure out how to get more seats so that more people can come. All right, what we're going to do is get to a break in just about two minutes from now. But remember, ladies and gentlemen, you can always send a question to Doug if you don't really have the time or maybe you're a little bashful to call in on the radio. Tell them how they can do that, Doug. 
Yeah, just uh, go to DougOster.com uh, and uh, click on the contact button. I answer my questions uh, every day. You know, I'll start answering them again uh, actually tomorrow because I'll be on the road coming back from, from camp today. But real quick, I wanted to go over, uh, we're seeing a lot of early blight and septoria leaf spot on, on tomatoes. And if you're seeing the bottoms of your plants turning brown uh, with, uh, with spots and yellow, and working their way up. That's what that is, and that's due to the humid weather. That's due to lots of rain. Remove that infected foliage, uh, and there there are organic fungicides that you can use to keep those plants healthy. And one more thing, it's not too late to put some tomato plants in. Uh, as I said, you can go to the nursery and buy a big tomato plant and stick it in. And we're used to planting on, on May 20th, and to get that tomato, but you put some in now when the soil is really warm and the air temperatures are warm, keep that plant watered, it's going to be much happier than those ones that were in the ground when it was cool and wet, and that's why they're they're showing that early blight and septoria leaf spot on the tomatoes, Rob. All right, uh, you just uh, enjoy the lake for a moment, Doug. Uh, he is broadcasting live on location, final day of fishing camp. And then I'll take care of some business here. And then we've got Rob coming up, bottom of the hour with the news, Rob Taylor. And then Luke will be here. It is Davy Trees Talking Trees. And don't forget, next hour, spring to summer, produce, raspberries, blueberries, strawberries, mullins, watermelons, honeydew mullins. We'll be talking also about incredible Delicious sweet corn and more grapes, cherries, you name it. Everything that has to do with spring to summer produce. Produce manager from Coons Market, John Clemens, will be here. 9 o'clock, Heffron Tillett's in your money and you. And then a lot to get to today on the Coons Market Black and Gold Sunday show at 11 a.m. Rob Pratt Sunday rolls on now for this Sunday, June 13, 2021. Odyssey, 100.1 FM, AM 1020, KDKA. All right, uh, 10th caller right now wins a $25 gift certificate to Janoski's where strawberries, the first of the season, have arrived. They open today at 9 a.m., 412-922-1020. The 10th caller wins a $25 gift certificate to Janoski's. We are joined by Luke Warner from the Davy Tree Expert Company. And, Luke, we want to talk about proper watering and mulching techniques. But before we do, from your standpoint, how has the season started? Uh, well, it started off a little bit rough with some trees. <clears throat> Excuse me. We had uh, kind of a late frost there, really uh, handicapped some of the elms, the sycamores, and uh, and even magnolias. But um, it seemed to go, you know, oftentimes like we do here in western Pennsylvania, right from uh, right from winter to summer. It seems like our our, our spring um, kind of went by really quick. So uh, you know, proper watering and mulching is pretty much on point for what we're going through right now. So how do I know if I'm getting enough water for my trees from just the rain? Or do I know? Uh, yeah, yeah, you see, definitely. Um, with, with shrubs, things like that, it's a little bit easier. They tend to wilt a little bit quicker. Um, leaves will become droopy. Um, but as far as testing the soil, um, you know, most of your listeners are going to have a garden trowel, some hand holes. Um, if you can just go, if you're looking at newly planted trees, you know, you can take that trowel, put it in a few inches, uh, you know, push it back and forth towards you. You can reach down in and, um, you know, touch the soil, see if it seems damp. <clears throat> you don't want soggy or waterlogged soil, um, but you want it to be moist. I also have, um, like, a, you could use a, a real long screwdriver and, and slowly push it in, and that screwdriver should, you know, go into the soil rather easily. You don't want a lot of resistance towards that to, really make you feel and, and you can tell that the 
the soil is not going to be moist underneath. But, you know, infrequent deep waterings are uh, much more beneficial to the trees than uh, frequent shallow watering. Yeah, talk, talk a little bit about that. First, what time of the day is best to get that water on the trees? And then, yeah, how, how the best way to get that water to the root zone? Yeah, so mornings are best. Um, you don't want – what, what happens is you can water deeply then, um, and everything on the surface you know, has time to evaporate if you get a knee on the leaves so it doesn't promote any leaf diseases. Um, but as far as techniques, um, you know, it's very easy to go stand by a new tree and you know, spray the ground with the hose for 30 seconds and move on to the next, but um, utilizing – a tool for watering, like a watering bag or a five-gallon bucket you've got laying around, drill some holes in the bottom of that, um, put it by the tree, fill it up, and, and it'll slowly percolate, you know, down into the soil without running off. Uh, same concept, it, the watering bag does the same thing. But you want to water deep. Um, that way the, the tree can develop its root system early on deep. So if that water is accessible, deeper then those tree roots will continue to grow down so when we do go through periods of drought um, where we're not getting a lot of rain you know your tree is going to be much better off in the long run because it will have accessible water deeper and it won't be um, it won't be as prone to you know having those drought issues later on uh, in life so when you say deep and infrequent I guess it just depends on on the weather and and the size of the tree. Uh, and I know, I just know that a newly planted tree is is the one we're we're looking at the most carefully. Yeah, because they're the most vulnerable. They're putting in those first couple of years for a tree, it's putting so much energy into its root establishment. Um, and and by by watering deep again, it can it can grow. You know, those roots grow down much, much deeper. Um, you can water large trees. It's going to take something more along the lines of, a, you know, a, a sprinkler. <clears throat> and, you know, those watering, uh, you can do that out to the drip line, which is, you know, the ends of those branches. So uh, the end of the branches, those roots can grow, you know, one and a half times beyond that. So if you can focus your, your watering underneath that drip line, um, that's going to be the the most uh, the most beneficial for you. But as far as weather, you know that that of course changes from state to state, from county to county, and um, you know this time of year it can change from just a couple miles. So that's very variable as far as you know how much the tree needs needs water. It really depends on how much rain you're receiving. But being able to check the soil moisture will let you know you know the needs of that tree. And now let's talk about mulching first. Why, why mulching the tree? Why that's important? Um, it's very important. It, um, you know, it helps insulate the soil, um, both from heat and cold. Um, but mulch can be, you know, your best friend or your worst enemy. So it retains water uh, around the root system, which is great. But since it does also retain water, you don't want it, you know, piled up along the stem that can expedite root rot um, or basal rot, which is the base of the tree where the, that root flare kind of meets the ground. That's what you want exposed. Um, helps with weeds. Um, it keeps mowers off of that area uh, so you don't have the, 
constant soil compaction or you don't have, you know, string trimmer damage from, from your weed whackers. Um, but you certainly, you know, mulching depth is a huge thing as well. So you don't want to see that volcano mulching where that mulch is just you know, piled right up the tree and it looks like the tree's, you know, part of the volcano that's coming out. So keep that, keep that mulch down to where you can see your root flares. Don't pile it up along the stem. Um, keep it pulled back. Um, and you should be in pretty good shape with that tree. About how how thick should you have that with, around the outside of your tree in that drip line area? Does it depend on the tree, or is there is there a general rule of thumb? A few inches is fine. That'll keep you know a lot of the weeds down, and that gives you enough to you know mitigate that that soil temperature. Um, the mulch is fine deep out away from the trunk. You just don't want it piled up around along the trunk. Um, you know, make your, make your mulch ring around that new tree, you know, out to that drip line or as wide as the canopy. Um, that's extremely important and that's very, very beneficial, uh, for the tree going down the road. You don't want, you know, a 12 inch diameter or a little, you know, little strip right around the tree, uh, to be the only thing that's mulched. So again, keeping that mulch ring out to the drip line, um, you know, it looks a lot nicer that way, especially if it's in the you know, middle of your front yard, something like that. Is there a material that uh, for mulching that you prefer more than any other one? Um, yeah, I mean, just shredded bark, your, your standard okay. mulch, um, pine bark nuggets. Uh, it's a little bit more expensive, but it does last significantly longer. So that's a good option. Um, you're best to stay away from... A lot of the synthetic materials like uh, the ground-up rubber from tires, that's not great. It retains a lot of heat um, and doesn't retain any moisture. Um, so although you don't have to replace it very often, it's, its color stays, it, uh, it is not good for the plants. Um, you know, river rock, pea gravel, uh, same same thing, just, just different uh, different material. It doesn't absorb any moisture. So it doesn't benefit the tree that way, um, and it does retain a lot of heat from the sun. So it can expedite that, uh, you know, that evaporation in the soil, which would require a lot more watering. All right, we have a couple minutes left. I'm going to throw you a curveball here. Uh, I'm at fishing camp for the last day, and they have a little orchard oh. here next to the lake, and one of the fruit trees is just covered in i mean covered in in what i think is black knot is that the like a black growth on all the branches yeah it's probably a cherry tree it is um, a cherry. it is okay yeah so so black knot um you know it's a common disease that will will get on anything in the prunus family which which are cherries um it, it can be pretty hard to mitigate as far as treatments um there are some they're not very you know viable to to its control the best option is to prune it out um so if you can catch it early you can only catch you know you only see a few few spots of it it's easy to prune out a lot of times uh, you know in homeowners landscapes they'll see it in purple leaf plums where it's just everywhere and it becomes uh, it doesn't become worth it to prune it all out because then you look at what you have left in the tree and it's just not um, aesthetically pleasing at that point. Well, that's what I thought by looking at this tree. Uh, I, I think I'm going to have to recommend to them that they take it out because 
these other trees are, are going to get it too, right? It spreads, right? Yeah, it does. And it, it's hard in areas that, you know, because it also gets on black cherries, and that's a native plant in Pennsylvania. Yeah. Uh, and it's, it's everywhere. So it's, um, you know, if that area is susceptible to it, they're probably better off to remove it and replace something that's not in that, that, that prunus family. All right, Luke, hang in there. Uh, we're just about to take a break. We want When you come back, maybe we'll have some tree questions. Hey, for more information about Davy Tree or to ask what's going on with your trees, go to Davy.com slash KDK. And remember, you can always call the experts from Davy Tree at 855-982-TREE. That's 855-982-8733. Back with more in a moment. Yes, she is. Let's get right to the phones and say hi to Mike in West Mifflin. Hey, Mike, you're on KDK. Good morning. Hey, good morning, everybody. Hey, I got a question about uh, my lawn. I've uh, it doesn't want to get green. I'm plagued with uh, sort of a brownish, uh, roundish areas all over the yard. I've fertilized with millorganite. It doesn't seem to be helping much. I think I got a lot of thatch. I'm not sure what the best way is to get rid of it. Uh, and I'm plagued with uh, oxalis, which I've tried many different kinds of chemical sprays, but I can't seem to eradicate the oxalis. So I'm not happy with my green space in, in the yard. Okay. Uh, this is not going to be easy, but the first step is going to be get a soil test. Okay. So the Penn State Cooperative Extension for your county will sell you a soil test for nine dollars okay that will give that'll give you all the information about where your ph is which is critical for a lawn and also the fertility and so what you want to do is you get that back and now you have to it'll have recommendations on there to tell you what to do you basically what you want to do is you want to get that grass to outgrow that oxalis and, and by getting the pH correct, and it, it doesn't happen overnight, and the fertility, it doesn't happen overnight. Uh, you, you're going to have to work on it for a couple of seasons to get that pH and fertility where it should be. And when it is where it should be, and we keep that grass long, three and a half inches, uh, you know, cut it off, and uh, it's going to shade out those weeds, and it's going to be much happier. And I think you'll be... Uh, surprised when you get those results back that you're usually uh, in situations like this where you're, you're talking we see the ph especially is way off i mean the milorganite is um you know is, is providing some nutrients uh, but we need to see exactly uh, we need that scientific number to tell us how to get that ph where it should be uh, and once we have that, half the battle's over with. Then you can continue with the fertilizer. You'll know how much fertilizer to put on, and then your grass is going to be happier, and then you're going to be happier with your green space, okay? What about the thatch? What do you do with thatch? I think i got a lot of brown stuff in between the grass there. Couple, couple different ways to do it. Now, you know what a thatch rake is? Because Yes, I do. Uh, it, it's a backbreaker, Okay. So you could, you could. I don't know how much lawn you have. You could do it that way with a thatch rake. But there is a machine that you can rent that does it. I believe it's the one. I think, yeah, I think, I think it's a verticutter. And so you can rent that, and that will dethatch the lawn for you. And and one good trick, if you do get that verticutter, and you you run that on the lawn, before you run it, 
throw half the amount of seed that they recommend, run the verticutter, and then put the other half of that seed on there. You get get some fresh seed on there, uh, and and that will also green up the lung quick. As the grass gets older, it's it's not as 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 new grass would be. And doing all those things, then you're you're going to have a great lawn. One more thing at the end of the season, uh, rent the aerator, maybe with your neighbor, and and aerate that lawn too, because that just takes these plugs out like the size of your thumb. And then water and fertilizer can get down to the root zone where it's uh, best used by the grass. Okay? All right, Doug, time to take us home. Well, Luke, thank you very much for coming on. I'm sorry we didn't have a tree question there at the end. Remember, uh, give Baby Tree a call if you've got a problem. They come out for free, 855-982-TREE, 855-982-8733. And remember, organic gardeners, you will make the world brighter with each seed you sow and every garden you grow. All right, good stuff, Doug. News next. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.